Welcome to Equip, tools for navigating real life. The title of the weekend is Freedom from the Inside Out. Emotional freedom, spiritual freedom. You say, how's that possible? The Bible says in Galatians 5, 1, through Christ, the reason why Christ set you free is that you might be free indeed, that you might be able to rise above your circumstances, that you may be able to undo those ropes and those ties that bind you, and I know that you have them. Ladies, tonight you're going to have the opportunity to do some business with God with some of the ropes that tie us up as single moms. But I know sometimes as a single mom we let ourselves get tied up in these circumstances and we feel immobilized and somehow defined by our past. Oh, I know single motherhood is hard. I know that. I mean, you feel like you're in the heat 24-7. Amen? You feel like you feel like you're in your life temperatures on broil. You're feeling hot, hot from the bottom and the top. You, that's the what? That's the life of a single mom. So the question tonight is this: How can I live in freedom while in the oven of so many challenges? Amen. How many got some challenges out there? We've got as many challenges as there are little hands going up. Well, there's so many challenges. How can I do that? How can I do that? I read a story not too long ago about somebody getting thrown in the heat. In fact, I read the story and it was so amazing. I thought, I've got to share that with the single moms, but they're not going to believe it was real if I told you the story. And I thought, well, I'm going to tell them anyway. It was a story about three guys that got thrown in a bonfire. And the people that threw them in the bonfire, they wanted to watch them burn alive. They wanted to watch them scream and yell and holler to get out. But the way the story turns out is unbelievable. In fact, I must, I just must read it to you. You're not going to believe this story. It is a true story. So put your hands in it and grab the truth out of the story. The story is found in the Bible. The story is found in Daniel chapter 3. In Daniel chapter 3, in fact, the characters in the story are a lot like you. They could have had a bumper sticker on their car that said, life's not fair. Or they could have had a bumper sticker that said, I didn't deserve that. That would have been my bumper sticker. I didn't deserve that. Friends, that's what they could have had. They too were in circumstances that they couldn't fix, change, or reverse. That's kind of like you. You're in situations you can't fix it, you can't change it, and you can't what? Reverse it. Reverse. Reverse. I want to read to you out of Daniel chapter 3. Verse 1. It's a story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You want to put that up? They did. Okay, let's go on. Verse 1. King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue 90 feet high and 9 feet wide. He set it on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. King Nebuchadnezzar sent word out to everybody. Everybody come. Everybody come. You must stand before the statue. A herald loudly proclaimed, People of every nation, you are commanded, when you hear the sound of the flute and you hear all the musical instruments, you are to bow down and worship the golden statue. Verse 11. But whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. And so the people bowed down. 
One of the king's attendants reported to the king, hey king, some of those three Jewish men out there, they're not bowing down. Verse 13, Nebuchadnezzar said, bring those boys here. Bring those boys here. So these men were brought before the king. The king was so upset because these boys were in his court. They were members of his royal court. He said this. Now, if you're ready, guys, let's just give it a second chance. It's kind of like musical chairs. Let me, let's just try it again. Bow down, would you? Just bow down this time, he said. He said, bow down, because if you don't, if you don't worship this statue, you will immediately be thrown into the fire of blazing fire. And who is the God who can rescue you from that power? Tell me who can do that. Where is there a God like that? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to give you an answer. If the God who serves exists and he can rescue us from the furnace, the, flaze, the furnace of blazing fire, and he can rescue us from the power of you. But even if he doesn't rescue us, we want you as the king to know that we will not serve your God to worship the golden idol you have set up. Nebuchadnezzar was filled with rage and the expression on his face changed. He gave orders to heat the furnace seven times more. So these men were thrown into the fire in their trousers and their robes and their headgears were tied up and they were thrown into the furnace of blazing fire and they fell down, bound, bound, bound. Verse 24. Then the king jumped up in alarm. He said his advisors, didn't we just throw three men in the fire, bound in the fire? Yes. Look, I see four men tied, walking around in the fire, unharmed. Say unharmed. Ready? Unharmed. And the fourth looks like the son of God. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the door of the furnace of blazing fire. He said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come out of that fire. And they came out and they stood before him. And not a hair on their head was singed. Their robes were unaffected and there was not even a smell of smoke on them. The king said to Shadrach and to Meshach and Abednego and all the land, everybody in the land must worship their God or you will be torn from limb to limb. Isn't that an amazing story? It's a true story. You see, I find it so amazing. Where did these, where did these men get confidence like that? Where did they get confidence like that to stand up against the king? Are you serious? They told the king, we don't have to follow your God. We don't have to follow your God. Ladies, I want you to remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't know the outcome of the challenge of dying alone. They didn't know what the outcome was. And you don't know the outcome of what you're in either. But let's take a look at what they did. I want us to take a look this evening of what they did. Tonight, I want to give you five preparation. It's in your, it's in your, your the folder there. Five preparation steps for victory in the heat. Because I believe that God has given us a principle with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that is amazing for all of us to take a hold of this evening. So are you ready for us to go through this? Say, ready. Arkansas girls, are you ready? Texas girls, are you ready? Oklahoma girls, are you ready? Louisiana girls, are you ready? Okay, let's, let's go through them. Number one is this. Number one, this is what you must do. Number one, you must practice your relationship with God. You must practice your relationship with God and add this to before the big crisis. 
before the big crisis hits. I know what you're thinking. Pam, my big crisis has already hit. Girlfriends, you're a single mom. You have a big crisis every day. Amen. So you have a big crisis every day. But they practice their relationship with God before the crisis began. I said relationship. They had a relationship with God. We all know what it means to have a relationship. It means you like to talk to this person. It means you like to call them. It means you like to spend time with them. It means you just talk in your own words. In the Christian life, it's called prayer. It's called prayer. Prayer is being honest with God. Prayer is making yourself, listen to this, prayer is making yourself unforgettable to God. Making yourself unforgettable to God. I've had single moms say, Pam, I can't go to God again. I've been so many times, I cannot go to him again. Oh, yes, you can. Because the Bible says in James, he gives without reproach. That means, that, that means the more times you come, the better. He gives without reproach. He invites you to come. He says, come. He is your heavenly father. He's your heavenly parent. It's impossible to come to God too many times. He loves for you to come. Just like he's your heavenly parent, you love for your kids to come to you. It's the, it's the character of God. You see, God longs to build his relationship with you. He said, come. All you heard are weary. Come. He says, come you. I have a secret to tell you. He says, I see in your side your life. He said, come, stock up. Come, stock up on whatever you need tonight. Come and stock up. Friends, I want to tell you, the most important thing you can do is have stockpile moments with Jesus. Stockpile your moments with him because you're going to be facing thousands of situations where you need Jesus Christ to come to your rescue and come immediately. And to come immediately. You're going to need muscle. You're going to need strength. You're going to need stamina. You're going to need wisdom. Wisdom when to talk and wisdom when to not talk. You're going to need all kinds of wisdom. And just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they stocked up in their relationship with God with previous encounters. So when the time came... God downloaded what they needed. God downloaded. Bam! We don't have to answer you. I wonder which one said that. Maybe it was Shadrach. I bet Meshach and Abednego were going, what? Hush up. We do too have to answer him. Listen, when you spend time with God, input that when it's necessary and you're in a crisis situation like they were, God downloads what you need immediately. It is so important that you spend time and nurture that relationship with God. For you as a single mom, it is so necessary because your children need your wisdom. You need to be ready to receive God's download constantly of what God would have you do, what God would have you say, how God would want you to act. You see, the principle is this. When you invest in your relationship with God, you will always have what you need. You always, always have what you need. Our key verse for the weekend, and you see it on the volunteer shirts, is John 8.32. John 8.32, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. But the word know does not mean intellectual knowing. It means practice. It means depending on. To know, that kind of know means to exercise. Exercise the truth. Exercise the truth. Exercise it in your heart. Ladies, what do you need God to download in your life? What do you need God to download in your life? What do you need? Where do you first turn when you have a need? Your children? They're going to let you down. They're going to let you down. Do you turn to your career? That's unstable. 
Do you turn to another relationship, perhaps? Friends, I'll tell you something. The only thing that can fill the empty vacuum of your heart is a relationship with God. So, friends, you need to do what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. They turned. They turned to God. They turned. In fact, that's the title of tonight's session. You can mark it on your outline. Our, our topic tonight with this particular part is turn or burn. Turn or burn. You need to develop that relationship with God. So how do you develop and practice that victory for the heat? You what? Practice what? Your relationship with God. The second thing, number two, I think we can learn from them tonight is this. Number two, you need to proclaim God's character. Proclaim his character. Speak it out loud. They said, God is our deliverer. God is our deliverer. And do you know what happened when they said that? It ignited God into their situation. You want God in your situation? Proclaim his character and he comes a running. Proclaim his character and he comes a running. Bring the character of God into your stresses. Bring the character of God into your strains. Bring the character of God. God, you are faithful. God, you are honest. God, you love me. All these things, ladies. I know it's hard being a single mom. I know it's hard being a single mom. You face fear and shame. You Sometimes you, you face worry, condemnation, a sense of being overwhelmed. You feel defective sometimes. You have that sense of defective, my family's not complete. Sometimes as a single mom, you feel betrayed, you're angry. How could he do that? You feel angry. As a single mom, you feel lonely. I'm just tired of being by myself, Pam, all the time and having to handle this by myself. Or you feel jealous. I want that happy little family. That's what I want. So what's the answer? Ladies, what's the answer for these combustible emotional flare-ups? that we have inside our hearts. It is claiming the character of God. Instantly they said, God will deliver us. God will deliver us. Download, here he came. God will deliver us. What do you need to proclaim in your situation? God is faithful, download. God will do it, download. What do you need to download in your situation concerning God's character? And what does that look like to do that on a daily basis? I want us to practice. Let's just practice together. I want to give you an idea of how it happens. Practice God's character. For example, when you're thinking that God is a God of direction, he has a direction for me. He knows where I'm going, even though I don't. God is a God of direction. Practice his character by saying this. God prospers me. Say that. God prospers me. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, God says. Plans for a future and a hope to prosper you, not to harm you. So when you're feeling like, I don't know where I'm going and God doesn't care and God doesn't notice, download the fact that God cares for you and that God has a plan for you. I have on a necklace tonight this Jeremiah 29, 11, and I put it on this, this afternoon as I thought about my movie reel and how God has done so much. Let God download his faithfulness into your, into your whatever you're dealing with, ladies. Practice his character. Practice his character. Practice the fact that God is a God of healing. Say this, God heals me. Say it. God heals me. In fact, today I looked in one of my journals as I was looking. It's what I like to do the day of the conference. I pull out all journals and I see what God has done. And I found one entry in December of, oh, it's 1980-something. It says, God, I write on this day so that when I am set free, so that when 
I am set free, I will have a record of my degrees of emotional sickness, of my doubt and fear, my sadness, my helplessness, my low self-esteem, my worthlessness, my purposelessness, my resentfulness, my fickleness, my feeling of rejection, my isolation, and my lack of hope. Why is it that I just cannot seem to get on with it, God? Have you ever felt like that? Have you? Every day. Ladies, keep a journal. I believe with all my heart you'll look back at this some days and see how far God has brought you. And you'll be able to say and testify with me, God heals. Say that. God heals. It is God's plan for every one of you to be healed in your deepest part. I don't care what's happened to you. I don't care how you've been betrayed. I don't care how you've been mistreated. It is God's plans to heal your soul. And he can do it. And he will do it. But we must be willing to participate with him. So practice God's character. Practice his character. Oh, ladies, I just love that. Practice his character. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 5, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not. I will not. I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down. My hold is on you. Say praise God. My hold is on you. Ladies, what you need to do, you need to nurture your spiritual life. You need to nurture your spiritual life. It's everything in your walk as a single mom. And the testimony you leave for your children. Dr. Talia, a well-known single parent specialist, says your spiritual life gives you the power to overcome the emotional energy that's being drained out of you. And it gives you an outside source to draw upon. It's your life reservoir. It's your life's, re life's reservoir. So how do you hold on to God confidence to assure that victory in the heat? Let's go over it again. You First of all, what do you do? You practice your relationship with God. And what's the second thing I told you? You what? Proclaim God's character. You proclaim his character. Number three, this is something else Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. They pursued godly wisdom. They pursued godly wisdom. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's best friend was Daniel. And he had been assigned as ruler of the wise man over all the providence. God's three little firefighters, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were trained under Daniel. They were trained under him. They were trained not to compromise. They were trained to stand up no matter what to trust God. And so hard as single moms sometimes not to compromise. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'd been Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and I know that God's word says that he looks at the, he doesn't look at the outside, he looks at the heart. I wonder if I would have said, now God, I know you don't look at the outside, so if you don't mind, I'm just going to bow down here. I mean, but I'm going to stand up in my heart. I'm standing up in my heart, but I'm bound down on the outside. No, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had a head-on collision with compromise, and strong, outrageous conviction prevailed. Strong conviction, conviction prevailed. I know you face compromise on all sides, all the time. I got a letter from a single mom and she said, Pam, I don't know what to do. I'm a Christian. My husband died three years ago and I've moved in with my boyfriend so we could share our kids and pull our finances, which would lighten our load. My boyfriend pays the rent. But lately, he's been really mean and I should probably break up with him, but my kids would miss his kids. And my children already call my boyfriend daddy. What should I do? Ladies, this mom 
had allowed her boyfriend to usurp God's position over that home. Listen to this. The Bible says in Psalms 146, it is the Lord who supports the widows. The Bible says in Psalm 68, 5, it is God who is the daddy to the fatherless. The Bible says in Isaiah 54, 5, it is the Lord thy maker who is your husband, the payer of the rent. It is the Lord, ladies, compromise will leave you unprotected. It will leave you unprotected and you'll be in a worse position than when you first started. You'll be in a worse position. So beware, my friends, beware of seeking nurture and rescue in a male relationship when it's not God's timing. I'm just telling you right now, beware. You need to learn how to be single. You need to learn from God how to be single. Statistics show that 95% of single moms who have been married with, with kids in the home, 18 years and under, that have been married, that get married within the first three years of being single again, 80% of those marriages don't make it. 80% of those marriages don't make it. Those women never learned what they were healing from. They didn't have time. They jumped into another relationship. Dr. Talley continues to, continues to say, a person who feels the need to date for the purpose of experiencing personal healing should not be dating. Let Jesus heal your soul. Let him heal you. Stand on your feet. Be a testimony. Let God do what he's going to do. Seek it from him. But some single moms say, Pam, I need a stable home. I need a stable home. And getting married would give me a stable home. Teresa McKenna says from the hidden mission field, she says a stable family is possible in a single parent household. Although remarriage can, can be redemptive, it is not necessary for the recovery process. In fact, recent studies have shown that children do better in a committed single parent household than in blended families. Now listen, I've been through the blended family stuff. God, I have a, had and still have an awesome husband for 20 years. I thank God, but girlfriends, I'm telling you, it's so hard some days. You stand strong. You stand firm as a single parent. God is your father in that home. Some people say, well, I'm from a broken home. How can it be broken if God is the head of your household? You are not from a broken home. You are not a broken home, my friends. You are not. So beware and be wise. Be wise, single moms. Be wise. Hmm. So what are our three points so far? So what are you going to do? You're going to pursue. What, what is it? You're going to you're going to practice your relationship with God. Tell me again. You're going to proclaim God's character. You're going to what? Pursue godly wisdom. And the next thing, you're going to passionately shut the door to fear. You're going to shut that door. You're going to shut the door for fear. If ever there's been a group that has a reason to be fearful, it's you. It's you because it's hard trying to be mom and dad and taxi cab driver and homework monitor and bring in the money and do the laundry and do the water. It's hard. And it's hard not to let your mind go crazy and to begin to fear. Amen? It is, especially when you're raising your children. I want you to know at the very center of fear, at the very center of fear is perceived loss. It's a perceived loss. It begins in your mind. It comes from the devil. It's what fear is. It's wordless darkness. It's wordless darkness. It goes for your weakest point. 
it herds you into prison and it slams the door. Fear is so dangerous it dismantles and it leaves you emotionally bankrupt where you cannot move. It reduces your faith to nothing. What is it? You fear? Loneliness? My kids are going to be growing up and gone someday and I'm going to be in the house by myself. What is it you fear? Never getting over your heartbreak? What is it you fear? Watching your kids grow up afraid they're going to be damaged somehow? What is your fear? Not having enough money? Or how about this? Losing your kids' affection to their stepmother? Those are reasons to fear. But God says to you, drink it in. God says to you in Isaiah 43, do not fear or become unsettled for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. Pam, Sherry, Linda, Sarah, Shelly, Belinda, I have called you by name. When you pass through difficult days of being a single mom, I will be with you. And through the rivers and demands of doing it all by yourself, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched toppled over and the flame will not burn you for behold I am your God so do not fear listen to me if God is omniscient and he knows everything and he can see your future if he's not afraid then why should you be you have nothing to fear hmm. so how do you overcome fear you pull it out of the darkness of your mind and yank it out of the darkness of your mind and make it stand before God. God, is this financial stress bigger than you? God, is my loneliness bigger than you? God, is my heartbreak of what he did bigger than you? You pull it out of the darkness of your mind. You make it stand before God. You expose the light. God, that's a lie. That's a lie. You are bigger than that. And then, my dear friends, then you shine the light of God onto that truth. You shine the light of God's word onto that truth. In my book, Will the Real Me Please Stand Up, I have a section where I talk about that. When you when you hear something come to your word, mind that says, I'm too tired, you let God say to you, I will give you rest. When you hear in your mind, I I'm stressed out, God says, cast all your cares on me. When you say, I don't know what to do, he says, I will direct your steps. Or when you say, I can't handle this. How many have said that? How many have said it today? Raise your hands. Look at all those hands. God, I can't handle this. You know what he says? You possess my risen power. Say this, I possess God's risen power. Hallelujah. 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 I possess God's risen power. Remember, fear is nothing more than an impression. It is not real. In the kingdom of God, it is not. No disaster that you face is ultimately fatal. No disaster is ultimately fatal. So how will you handle your fear? I love this picture. Look at this. I love this picture. God's chosen fireman being put to the test. And God's, that's you right there. God's saying to you, will you trust me? Will you trust me? What, was, what were they thinking right there? Right there, what were they thinking? They didn't know the outcome. You don't know the outcome. What were they thinking? Fear or faith? 
Fear or faith? Fear or faith? Fear or faith? What were they thinking? I want to tell you something. They were not thinking. They were not thinking the worst case scenario. Because they had already said, if God didn't deliver, so what? God will just have to do something. Ladies, I want to tell you something. I want to tell you what will fan the flame of fire in your little fear more than anything. And that's calculating and worrying and thinking about the worst case scenario. How many have thought about the worst case scenario? Of course you have. It fans the flame. It fans the flame. You want it smothered? No. Do not even let it go there. They said if God doesn't deliver us, he'll do something. So you must lay down your fear, let go, and profess. No matter what, God is good. No matter what. They were thinking that right there. No matter what, God is good. And the last point is this. Girlfriends, you need to press into the fire. You need to press into the fire. Don't run from it. Press into it. What's God got in there for you? What's God got in there? Press into the fire. Don't you run from it. Single motherhood is not about waiting for the fire to pass, but it's learning to dance in the heat. It's learning to dance in the heat, my friends. Listen, you may not have had a choice in your loss, but you do have a choice in your victory. You do have a choice in your victory. You see, unless, yes, you do have a choice in your victory. Girlfriends, I'm telling you something. That fire gave them their liberty. The fire gave them their liberty. The Bible says they were loosed and walking about. And that's the title of tomorrow's session, Loosed and Walking About. The Bible says in Malachi that God sits as a refiner, a refiner to purify silver, a refiner working to set you free from all your gunk and my gunk. Because I've got gunk too. I've got it too. I come before God every day and say, God, burn it off. I got me some gunk here. Burn it off. I have it too, girls. I have it too. Listen to this. There was a woman one time that wanted to know about this verse. God sits as a refiner, a purifier of silver. And so she went to a silversmith and she made an appointment to visit with him. She didn't mention anything about the reason she was there. But as she watched the silversmith, he held a piece of silver over the fire and he let it heat up. He explained that the refining silver, one needed to hold the silver in the middle of the fire where the flames were the, flames were the hottest as to burn away all the impurities. The woman thought about God allowing us to be in the fires, the fires of life. Then she thought again about the verse that says, he sits as a refiner and he purifier of silver. She asked the silversmith if it was true that he had to sit there in front of the fire the whole time the silver was being refined. The man answered, yes. He not only had to sit there holding the silver, but he had to keep his eyes on the silver the entire time it was in the fire. If the silver was left a moment too long in the flames, it would be destroyed. The moment sat there in silent a moment. Then she asked the silversmith, how do you know when the silver is fully refined? And he said, oh, that's easy. That's easy when I see my image in it. I wonder, why does God have you in the fire? Why does God have me in the fire? Pam, do you not know God's just trying to make you more like Jesus here? Do you not know he's just trying to make you more like Jesus? Listen, God wants to refine you in your role as a single mother that you might look to Jesus, look like Jesus, to your children, to the world, and to him. Ladies, I want to tell you something. 
you are God's precious piece of silver. He holds that silver in the fire. He holds it. He doesn't take his eyes off of it because he's got a plan. He's working in the fire. He's working in the fire. He has a plan. Listen, I want to tell you something. You determine in the fire if you're going to be bound or set free. You determine in your fire. Am I going to be bound up or am I going to be set free? It is your choice. Ladies, tonight I want to talk to three groups of women here. I have women here tonight that have never received Christ and that they have never invited the healer, the redeemer to come into their heart. And tonight I'm going to give you an opportunity to just open up your heart and say, God, Jesus, just I'm going to turn over the control of my life to you for the first time. You just come on in and do what you're going to do. I want a God in my life that does for me what he did for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Some of you have never done that before. You to just simply bow your heads and say a prayer with me. You simply, Pam, how do you do it? I just say a prayer. You yield it to God. You ask Him to come into your heart and you just say thank you. And He comes in, He takes over. I want you to bow your heads. If you've never received Christ into your heart, I want you to say this prayer with me silently. Dear Lord Jesus, I yield myself to you you to come into my heart. Take over this mess. I trust you from this day forward. You will be my Lord and Savior, and I will raise my children in a home that loves Christ. Keep your heads bowed. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, would you raise your hand? Just up and down. Just up and down. I see your hand, honey. Some more. Just up and down. I see your hand back there in the middle of the row. I see your hand here. Some more over here. Up and down. Would you raise it again? Up and down. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Hmm. What a significant decision you've just made. I have other women here tonight so to say, Pam, I received Christ as my Savior. I just, I just really kind of have some work and business I need to do with God. I need to recommit my life to Him. I need to rededicate my family to Him. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that at the altar here in a moment. And then I have other women that say, Pam, I'm walking with Christ. I love Him. I'm walking with Him. But it's always good to hear the truth. And it's always good to bow my knee at that altar and ask God to have His way. And that's what I'm going to ask you to do tonight. We have business to do with God tonight, ladies. You can look this way. And what I'm going to ask you to do is very important. I'm just going to ask you to let God talk to you. And I'm going to ask you to take that, that card with a rope on it. You know what ties you up. You know what binds you. And I'm going to ask you to write on that card a little note to Jesus. And then I'm going to ask you to bring that card to the altar. Now, I want to tell you where the altar is. The altar starts on these side walls over here. It comes all the way around the front, all the way around, all the way to where Kim's standing over there. We've got a, a semi-circle altar. You are precious to God. He wants to do something. Would you let him? Would you let him?
Thank you for listening to an Equip podcast. To find out more about Arise Ministries or resources offered for single moms, visit www.ariseministries.net.